high sticking to breaking down the middle. Here's the lowdown with Low Tide on, on Sports, Sports 1440. Presented by Wolf GMC Buick. We're making it easy. WolfGMCBuick.com. Welcome to the lowdown on Sports 1440. Today's show, the Oilers lost two in a row, but the sky is not falling. There are some worries. There are some concerns. And we will take those concerns and run with them for the rest of the day. I'm just teasing. Sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, Radio Player Canada. Text or call us, 1-833-401-1440. Twitter, at Low Tide, at Declan Kruger. And the lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. You can get ready for GMC's Joy to the Ride event. No payments for 90 days on every new in-stock 2023 GMC and Buick. Ask for details. Plus, get up to $4,000 in Christmas cash. We say hi to Doug, Mary, today. Our guest, Rachel Dory, Staff and Graph Podcast, Jason Greger, will be here. And we'll have the latest Oilers rumors, plus Declan Kruger's Mama Mia segment, put to the tune of Mama Mia by ABBA. Did I say Mama Mia? I meant Mama MMA. Anyway, we say hi to Declan. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great. I blew, Big. I blew the opener. The, the day is ah, ruined. That's okay. The whole that's show okay. is terrible now. Well, the week's a bit Can we more... start again? Yeah, please. Mm-hmm. You want hey, me to play the intro fill- again? Thanks for filling in, by the way, on Friday. Well, you, you got to thank Connor Halley. He was the one who stepped up. I don't up thank and... him for anything. Yeah, okay. Well, in that case, you're welcome. He was, was my first producer, it. and he left me. And and he the the he yeah. left me to, to to varying degrees of of ne'er do wells and and uh, 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 known criminal element people and so so it sour grapes a little bit is what I'm hearing nah oh okay. uh, like I'm fine all right, it, it doesn't sound like it he's right. a Chargers fan I can't be I can't do any more damage to him right he's, he's got it bad enough doing it himself uh, I know you were talking about big fight Saturday night you were going to ignore your girlfriends and watch it with buddies what's going on yeah, great night uh, of uh, MMA action this past Saturday, the last uh, fight card of the year. We're going to be off for a little while. UFC 296, Leon Edwards still the best welterweight in the world. We'll get into that during Mama MMA. And- it, Leon Edwards and Leon Dreisaitl, uh on the ice with sticks. Who wins? In a, in a fight? Well, I would imagine Leon Edwards probably can't skate, so I think Aha! you, you got to give Leon Dreisaitl So Leon wins, and he wins again. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you, if you let Leon Edwards kick with the skate on, it's going to be pretty oh, dangerous well, for that other guy. So I'm way, just saying. Way to make it a death match, sir. I know. Ugh, it got dark quick. All right. Um, I wrote an article today in The Athletic getting lots of response to it. The idea being that the Edmonton Oilers are so strong at the top that you go, oh, my God, they should win every year. And yet, maybe partly because of the cap and how much is spent on the cap on the top players. We'll talk to Rachel Dory about it today. They just don't have the kind of depth you would expect. And I compared them to one of the famous teams that lacked depth, the 67-68 Chicago Blackhawks. They had Stan Makita. They had Bobby Hull. They had, uh, in the previous year, they had Glenn Hall. But they had Pat Stapleton. They had Dennis Hull. They had all kinds of great players. Kenny Warham, Doug Moans. These may not be anything to you, but McCurdy's nodding his head. They're very good. But they didn't have depth. And the Oilers right now don't have enough NHL players. If they did, Connor Brown would be playing a depth role. And I know they moved him down, but he was playing on the second line entering the weekend. If they did have enough depth, Nuge would still be on the McDavid line. You're breaking up maybe the best line the Oilers have had since Dreisaitl, Yamamoto, uh, Nuge in January 2020, I believe it was. You're breaking up a, a brilliant line 
because you have to. You got to move Nuge down. And look, I know that it's a, it's the right idea. I get it, but it's a damn shame, and it is damning to this roster that you don't have anybody. You have nobody, none, zippo, nada, nobody that you can slide in there. You have to move Nuge down and take him off the hot firecracker line. I I'm gonna say it's fair to criticize management for that. And I'm not going to criticize the coach because he just got here and he hasn't seen what's on the farm. He doesn't know if Raphael Lavoie or Lane Peterson can help. But at this point in time, this is exactly what happened a year ago when the Oilers needed help up front and didn't get any help up front. And there's no reason for this. NHL teams are making trades all the time. They're making moves all the time. The Oilers have players on the farm they could try. The, the options are so predictable. Connor Brown, Sam Gagne, Warren Fogle. Connor Brown, Sam Gagne, Warren Fogle. And Matthias Janmark in there too. But he's sort of like an emergency button. If, if the orders had true depth, and I mean depth in terms of cap as well as roster placement, they, some of these struggling players could be sent to the press box. Connor Brown could take a few nights off. He could practice for a week and then come back. And I know you're saying, well, he's getting better. Sure. But he's a drag on the line he's on. Look at Evander Kane with and without Connor Brown. And look, they're playing well. This is a team that's 10-5-0. But when they lose two on the weekend, especially the way they lost them, and people are all over Leon. While well, Leon was standing around, okay. Okay, that's a fair criticism. But you're sending Leon to war against some really good lines and pairings. And Evander Kane isn't right. He's not 100%. And Connor Brown is still trying to get back from a, a very, very difficult injury to overcome. The Every NHL general manager makes a bet. They're all bets. Everything is a bet. Right now, the bets aren't coming through. That's a problem. What about the NFL this weekend? How did you feel about the Bills game? I felt very, very good about the Bills game. The Bills are the team, and listen, they got work to do to get into the playoffs, but the Bills are the team that if you see them in the playoffs, you're thinking, oh, my goodness, we worked all season. We got home field. We were the second seed, presumably. And now we have to play the red-hot Buffalo Bills who have turned back the Kansas City Chiefs and Dallas Cowboys in back-to-back weeks. And the Dallas Cowboys, they didn't even turn back. They blew the doors off the Dallas okay, Cowboys. Do, fraud check. I don't know. You know, I like to throw it out there. Do we need to fraud check the Dallas Cowboys? But we should fraud check the Philadelphia Eagles, too, because they get pummeled by the Cowboys. And then the Cowboys don't know which direction to go. Yeah. Well, the, Next Cow- week. the Cowboys can't play on the road. They're seven and zero, seven and zero at home this year. With like, I, I forget what the exact number is. I think it's like thirty two or thirty three points a game, and they're three and four on the road. And we saw it here. So the Cowboys, I mean, listen, they better be praying they're winning that division because if they don't win on that division and they have to go on the road, now the thing is they'll probably be a fifth seed if they're a wild card, and they would play the winner of the NFC South, which is a garbage division. So that bodes in their favor. But if they got to go into that second round, if they got to go into the divisional matchups on the road, the Cowboys are going to be in trouble something to keep your eye on well how long have the cow how long has it been since the cowboys won a uh, super bowl oh, what was the last year 
90s. I don't know what the year was. Yeah. Long time. I should I should probably know that, but I don't. I'm sorry. I've, I've let you down a little no, bit. No, I, I was thinking the same thing. 90 something. Yeah, it was. Seven, well, because the. Five. Yeah, I forget. I forget. I could look it up easily, but we're gonna we're gonna f- f- fly past this. So what's the point? Ottawa Senators have relieved DJ Smith of his coaching duties. Jacques Martin is the interim. You could see that coming a mile away. The interim head coach. It's not Jacques Lemaire, but it's close. And Daniel Alfredson will be the assistant coach. New ownership, man. It. it it is not hard to figure out. It's it's exactly what I think is happening in Bakersfield with, with the orders, although it's new management coming in. There's an evaluation that happens. It just does. And you're like, okay, well, we drafted this guy, but can he play? And based on watching the Bakersfield Condors in the last few weeks, I'm going to suggest to you the following. The orders are really focusing on physical players, Cameron Wright, who's an AHL contract, he'll get an NHL contract soon. He's 25 years old, and he's playing more minutes and a more prominent role than Xavier Borgo, who's the first-round pick. So, you know, you can get mad at the coach. I don't. I think these things happen for reasons. Max Warner, who is a rookie AHL defenseman, is getting a push, and I think that's a very good thing. And his goal share is not... Um, what you'd want it to be, but he's playing, and that's the key because the goal share will improve. If you play young players, they will get better. It's just a fact. Play them. Let them have the game slow down for them, and then good things will happen. The Otters aren't doing that with their forwards right now. A young man like Matvey Petrov, who's 20 years old, isn't playing much. Nor is Carter Savoy. Borgo's playing a little more. I'd like him to see him play more, but he's playing a little more. I'd like him with a non-checking center like Greg McKegg. I'd like to see him with Lane Peterson, but he is playing. Raphael Lavoie is playing. But if you're a kid like Matvey Petrov, boy, I'd, I would call my agent and say, get me to the ECHL. I need to go down there, and I need to play a lot. And I need to play so much that they have to recall me and plug me into a line. Right now, the Oilers in the far, on the farm team, they're employing one of my favorite players who's ever played minor league hockey for the Oilers. Seth Griffith is his name. He was drafted by the Boston Bruins a long time ago. I followed his career, always cheered for him. Uh, back in the old HF boards days, I'd make trades. I'd make trades to get Griffith to Edmonton. Really like him as a player. He's a little older. He's still playing big minutes. He's still productive, 12 points in 16 games. But his goal share is 10-4-17 and 17 against, 37% at even strength. You have other options. You could play Raphael Lavoie ahead of him. You could play Xavier Burgo ahead of him. But right now, the Edmonton Oilers are playing Seth Griffith as the number one right winger. And, and you can get mad as hell at the coach, but I just don't think that this is a coaching thing. I think the Edmonton Oilers want... A bigger team. They want a more physical team. And so Max Warner gets a push. Cameron Wright gets a push. And some of these skilled young forwards who were drafted by Tyler Wright and his group are not getting a push at all. And the Edmonton Oilers 
prospect group becomes an area, at least at forward, where the orders can't go looking. They can't say, well, there's a solution on the Well, no, there isn't. Maybe a Raphael Lavoie or maybe Elaine Peterson. I would expect uh, Rick Tracy is the new amateur scouting director. I don't know what's going to happen with Keith Gretzky and the uh, coaching staff in Bakersfield. But I would suggest that that even if everybody is realigning with what they're going to be wanting to do, there are going to be changes down there. The Bakersfield Condors are, are not winning hockey games and they're not developing players, at least forwards. It's curious. I, I mean, because I'm a nerd, I've been watching the Oilers minor league team since 79-80. I might be the only person you know who knows where they played minor league hockey in 79-80. Do you know where the Oilers minor leaguers played hockey in 79-80? Olds. <laughs> Close? Hot, cold? No. North, no, south, east, but west? But hilariously funny. All right. Houston Apollos, CHL, Central Hockey League. Do you know their number one player to come out of there was not a draft pick? His name was Charlie Huddy, undrafted. And he had 48 points in 79 games that year. And then he became a very, very important part of the Edmonton Oilers Stanley Cup teams during the 1980s. All right. And I, I love our guests today. We uh, On the way, we're going to do hockey rumors. There's a few I want to talk about including goaltending, which may be something we hear about from the Edmonton Oilers. At 1240, Rachel Dory, one of the really interesting people in the hockey world. And I'm going to drill down on a few Edmonton Oilers things, including goaltending, including player development, and depth. Jason Greger will join us at 120, and it's Mama MMA to the tune of Mama Mia with our friend Declan before 2 o'clock today. Anything else, anything we miss? No, I think that's it. I think now, we got a good we, show today. Are we, can we say best of the season to you now? How are we approaching this? Uh, like the holiday season. Okay, that's what I'm asking. Yes. Yeah. You can Who's just, on first? Pardon? Do we say, can we say Merry Christmas? Yeah, you can say we Merry say Christmas. Best of the season to you. All the best. Happy holidays. Uh, and, of course, we know that Ukrainian Christmas a little bit sure. later so that uh, Matthew Iwana can have two turkeys. Yep. So unfair. Yeah. I think I think we're trying a turkey this year. Oh, good. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm probably going to be back in January, but we'll see. Twelve sixteen. This is the lowdown with low tide on Sports fourteen forty. It's the lowdown on Sports fourteen forty, powered by Wolf GMC Buick, and it's time now for rumors, courtesy Michener Allen Auctioneering. The next publicly timed automotive RV auction is now on, and it's the public time, not publicly. Automotive RV auction is on right now. View on site, then bid online at maauctions.com. Get some great deals. I mean, if you know a little bit about mechanics and vehicles, great deals. All right. Here comes those uh, hockey rumors. I'm going to ask Rachel Dory this first question. So goalies are falling apart all over. Some are hurt. Some cannot catch the puck. Some are like, how did that go in? But there's problems in lots of NHL cities. So Carolina placed Antti Ranta on waivers, and he has been a good goaltender. Struggled this year, but has been a good goaltender. He goes right through 
and they've reassigned him. I wonder, and I'll ask Rachel about maybe you do that, and then somebody trades for him because they want to get somebody off their roster spot. I, you know, I think it's one point five. Maybe maybe you end up trading something that that will give you a little cap relief. I don't know. It just seems weird to me with all that's going on. And there are teams that have three goalies. I mean, I like Vladar in Calgary. They're not going to trade him now because there's uh, Markstrom's hurt. By the way, Wolf is playing pretty well. This is not a rumor. It is the reality. We mentioned it before the break. It is the latest news out of the NHL. The Ottawa Senators have fired DJ Smith, Jacques Martin, Jacques Martin, Jack Martin, whatever you want to call him. Jacques Martin will take over as team interim head coach. And longtime Senators winger Daniel Alfredson will step into the assistant coaching role. Davis Payne has been really... Wait a minute. Davis Payne was an Edmonton Oilers draft pick in 1989. Out of Michigan Tech. What the hell? He's been coaching pretty much regular since 2009 in the NHL. He was head coach for the Blues for a time. And then an assistant coach in L.A., Buffalo, and then Ottawa the last five years. Hmm. Happy Festivus for the rest of us. There you go. The Ukrainian Christmas is no more. The Orthodox Church tantalized Christmas to December 25th from John. New this year. Did not know that. Haven't been reading the missiles. Guys, why oh why didn't we pick up Rantov waivers? I don't know. I'm not, I don't know. I don't know if it was a good idea or a bad idea. Um, I, I, I know people thought Calvin Pickard was the answer, and I think Calvin Pickard's a fine goaltender, but I think you're going to have to aim higher. And I think it's going to be a trade. And I don't know what's out there. People keep saying to me, well, go get Reimer. And I'm like, well, is Detroit out of the playoffs? Is Detroit, like, are they already looking to next year? No? Oh. Well, then maybe they're not going to trade the guy. Like, I, there, there's, a, there's a rush to call everybody who works in the National Hockey League in a front office an idiot. And part of it is the idea that you're suddenly going to be able to trade for a guy who maybe the team doesn't want to, you know, he's played eight games, 9-11 save percentage. This is James Reimer. They've got Vili Husso there who's struggling. Alex Lyon, who's up and down and injured and things. So I'm just saying. It would be nice to get a, a goaltender. If there's one out there, I'm sure the Oilers have looked at him. I keep saying, why not, you know, first play with Olivia Rodrigue like 10 times in the next, you know, seven weeks or six weeks and then bring him up just for a game just to see what he can do. I'm not saying he's going to be the answer. The Sabres have placed Jacob Bryson on waivers. Red Wings have activated Dylan Larkin. Patrick Laine is on IR. You know, Laine and Poliarvi have, you know, their their careers have been disappointing. And, And I'm still hopeful both of them find their way. 
Matthew Poitras has been loaned by the Bruins to Team Canada for the Worlds. I've been reading some stuff on from Pronman and Wheeler at the Athletic, and I have to say, I this might not be Canada's year. Some real talent on the American side. Jake Ottinger out week to week with a lower body injury. Matt Murray has been recalled. Aaron Dell has joined Carolina on a PTO agreement. I think in all honesty, that's what Oiler fans want from Ken Holland. Something. Like, just do something. I'm not saying it's a good idea. I'm not saying it's a bad idea. I think that's what Oiler fans want, though. And I think Holland is, and he's a careful guy. By the way, Philip Broberg is playing brilliantly down on the farm. How brilliantly? I'm glad you asked. So, in the eight games he's bound down there, he has four points. Remember, he's a defenseman. At even strength, he's been on the ice, on the ice for nine goals, uh, goals against four, a 69% goal share. Phil Kemp is at 60%. Ben Gleason was at 65 before he got called up. Phil Kemp is the, is the next up, though, among the, the group. And then the only other person over 50% is Noel Hoffenmeyer. If you're going to make a trade, trade a defenseman and bring Boberg up or or trade Broberg. That, I think, would be the two things that you would look at doing. Broberg has to have value. If he doesn't, don't trade him, but then trade somebody with, with value. <laughs> Travis Yost. I love Travis Yost. He's one of my favorite people. He, t- he, he, just, he just sent out an article this morning. Like, this is like 11.13, so it was like an hour ago. Goaltending is sinking the Senators. And then, do we have the timestamp on when this is this? I, I, I absolutely fear this uh, among, probably most among things that, that occur. Is you write a story, you publish it, and then like half an hour later, something changes in the story. Now, I recommend you read Yo's story because he's really a good writer and he really is a good analyst. In fact, I'm tweeting that out right now. But man, he's got it all there. Now, he can write an addendum, right? He can just add a little bit at the end of it. Holy moly. What would it be like if you had your Mama MMA ready? And you're like you're just finishing, and then the biggest MMA news breaks. Would you like slap me and just go back on the air, or what would you do? Pro, I'd pro, I don't think I'd slap you, but I would definitely get a little loud and say, "Hold on, hold on, hold on." I got to add some, be like that, you know. I forgot that when you tweet stuff out now, it doesn't give credit for anything, so I've got to retweet that, giving credit to Yoast. So what was it like without me on Friday? Did, did, were a lot of people saying this is better? I bet, it was, I bet there was a lot of that. No, none of that. You oh, were dearly liar. Missed. Don't lie to no, me. No, you were dearly missed. I had fun with Connor. We had a great dearly show. Missed. We, we threw it who? back. Is there a dog around that would have missed me? No. Don't lie. You're lying to me. The, I, I'm better than that. The people wanted you. We can't do what you do. Liar. We don't bring. We don't bring the same aura. 
that you bring, and uh, it was it was very evident. Don't bath for a week. I can you can bring the same or I do. <laughs> no, it was good though. It was a lot of fun. We uh, got a couple. One text that came in said they just let you guys run things by yourself. Hey, uh, that was that was a nice one. That was pretty funny. But no, you were sorely missed. People wanted you back, and they're happy you're back. So. So, you, know, you don't need to lie. You know, I know you're actively going in every day after work. I'm on my way home, and the boss calls and says, "Yeah, Declan had some complaints about you today." I mean, come on now. Don't they they get those to you? I thought those were confidential. Well, apparently not. My good, I got to. Well, I've been. Ugh, I got to pull it back a little. Yeah. Bit. Well, I mean, just if if you could just stay with one page as opposed to two, kind of a lot. Yeah, and smaller font probably would help. But what are you going to do? David Raven to try and pick and guarantee a great goalie seems to be like trying to catch clouds with hammers. I'm 54 now, and all my years watching hockey, there might be 10 goalies that you knew were going to give you a chance every night. Turns out it's a hard position. No one would have predicted Aiden Hill and Jonathan Quick would be the top of the heap right now. Tough task. Thoughts? I agree. I agree. I think that that last year's Vegas series is the Oilers in a microcosm. And what I don't understand, what I do not understand, is the people who are the smartest, the analytics people, who agreed with me back in 2005 when we all were starting to talk about analytics in the Oilogosphere, they all agreed then. In fact, they established, they taught me then that luck is a big deal. Luck is a huge deal. And and that same group of people hung Jay Woodcroft all summer on a small sample size on who he put out at center against Jack Eichel. So you can't have it both ways. Either you believe luck is an issue and that small sample sizes count, or you're just framing the issue like every other guy or girl. There's never, ever, ever a way to to make sense of inconsistent thinking. And by the way, Puck IQ soon will be up with the 23-24 numbers. And it looks like, based on what I'm kind of looking at, that the Matthias Ekholm-Evan Bouchard pairing is going to be, in terms of facing tough opposition, the number one pairing on the team. Boys, Alan, did the boys tell you they changed the show name? No. No, they didn't. I, I did notice a billboard on the way into town that, you know, was for this time slot that did not include a picture of me. But I'm sure that's fine. Well, I guess we're doing rando things, you know, three or four different ways of approaching it. It's all good. I think Ottawa, New Jersey, or Buffalo would be a real nice spot for Woodcroft to resurface. Ottawa opened up today. You'd think the other two would be available soon. Thoughts from Robert. Well, I don't know about New Jersey. When did he sign? I hate firing a coach for reasons that are not, you know, ineffective. You know, like I I think Woodcroft being fired, I get it. I'm, you know, I'm glad for fans that they're 10 and 5 or whatever it is. But I think he was a good coach. And he got fired because Connor McDavid and Matias Ekholm and Ryan McLeod got hurt and the goaltending didn't work. I mean, if I'm playing, if I'm working here and the microphones don't work, eventually I get fired. But is that my fault? No, it's Declan's. <laughs> Correct. Did you, what What did you, you didn't have... Yaremchuk, I know he quit doing the show in in 
because you guys wouldn't run a wire that I could do the show. I know he wasn't on the show yes, on Friday. Yes, that is correct. What did you and Lansky talk about? Uh, we just talked about uh, what the oil need to do heading into Florida, really. It was a, it was a nice breakdown of that. Recap the Lightning game. How did that work? Well, listen, Lansky said all the right things, but the Oilers weren't listening, clearly. Well. But they had a good chat. It was nice. Well, he's a good guy. Yeah, I, lo- I love Steve. He's always what? so nice to me when I call him. Well, he's hey, a good, Declan. He's a genuinely nice guy. Yes, I love Steve. Yeah, he's, he's, he's one of my favorite people. I like his wife more, but part of it is her baking. I was really hoping to ask him about that. Like, my question to him was going to be, and I didn't get a chance, but it was going to be, I've heard so much about this jam, I need a little backstory. You know, Can you the, give me the, a five-minute break? The jam breakdown? is like, like I, I have... I, I I buy jam for the kids, and then I hide the jam from Mrs. Lansky. I don't let them really see it. Yeah. What's the best kind of jam she makes? Well, this year I got, I think it was a raspberry, what was it? Yeah, that's Whatever jam I, is my favorite of hers is what I have. Marmalade? Did she mess up any marmalade? I see, yeah. There's a, there's yeah. a, I, I, I think I still have that in the. Oh, not bad. Yeah. I think I still have, I haven't opened that yet. Maybe that's next. Woody being fired was Bush League from CJ Edmonton. Markstrom's playing tonight. Oh, there you go. So maybe maybe Vladar will be on the market soon. What's the long-term plan with Soups? Buying him out. There's no long-term plan. It was a mistake. You know, general managers make mistakes. When Ken Holland got here, he said, I'm going to make mistakes. And he did. That was a big one. Same guy who signed Zach Hyman. The world of of hockey analysis has become black and white. I'm not a fan. Because there are mistakes made and, you know, heads should roll. And Daryl Cates has not renewed Ken Holland's contract. And so the, the price is already being paid or will be next summer. That's That's how you keep track of this. But in the, in the meantime, getting real analysis, getting somebody to tell you the truth becomes harder and harder because everybody has chosen sides and then just riff on whatever the latest rage point is. And it's, it's disappointing. I'd like to learn. And that's why Rachel Dory is going to be joining us next because we're going to learn a lot about the Edmonton Oilers, about where they are, why they are where they are, and what can be done about it. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. I still like Love Shack better, but I like that song. We're driven by Wolf GMC Buick. Hurry in for GMC's Joy to the Ride event. No payments for 90 days on every new in-stock 2023 GMC and Buick. Ask for details, plus get $4,000 in Christmas cash. I had all these questions ready, and then there was big news in front of our conversation with Rachel Dory from Staff and Graph Podcast. So we'll get it all in, but we're going to start with DJ Smith out in Ottawa. Chuck Martin, the new coach, Daniel Elfordson there as well. And Rachel, your initial thoughts on this move by the Ottawa Senators? Yeah, I mean, uh, the second Jacques Martin was hired as the uh, senior coaching consultant, I kind of said to myself, like, what are we doing? We all know what's going to happen here. And alas, they, uh, for I have no idea what reason, allowed him to run practice and speak to the media this morning. And then they fired him promptly afterwards, which uh, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, The firing, I mean, 
I like DJ. I think he's a good human being. I think that he's well past his expiration date, but he's also getting 844 goaltending. And you and I have talked about how that's not a recipe for success, no matter how good of a coach you are. Yeah, it's and he, uh, one of the things, and and as you say, let's not, you know, DJ Smith is gone. We're not going to, you know, dance around on, on him today. But it is there's a lot of things going right for this team. Claude Giroux is an example. There's there's some really good things and some really bad things. And I was a little surprised it lasted this long. Were you? Did you think this might have occurred a little earlier in the year? I think I would say this had the Pierre Dorian fiasco not. Um, resulted the way it did he likely would have been gone five weeks ago like we're probably talking beginning of november um that's i would say the second week of november is probably when i thought the move should have been made because at that point the season was still salvageable um but now you're kind of looking at a situation where you don't have a gm you don't have a coach um and your team is where the Titanic is, which is at the bottom of the, of the Atlantic. And that's never a good place to be when you have playoff aspirations. So how do you, and we're going to get into Ranta in a minute, but how do you, because the goaltending is the first fix, right? Well, I don't even know if it's the first fix. Honestly, their defensive play is awful. Like they have the sixth worst penalty kill in like decades. Um, and Jacques Martin is, I mean, not very good offensively, but defensively, he knows what he's doing. So we're going to see now whether it's the talent, like the roster, or the coaching, because Jacques Martin's system has proven time and time again that he gets defensive results. So the penalty kill is god-awful. The expected goals against is god-awful. It's all, like, they, they can't defend. And so we'll see about that impact. Um I think that's probably – you need to know what the true talent of your roster is, and I do wonder if that's sort of what they're going to use Jacques Martin to suss out. Mm. And it's like it's – as I said, I mean, you've got Stutzla, Giroux, Batherson, Kachuk. Uh, there's some talent there, and Matthew Joseph, his uh, uh, even strength goal share is, is really good. There's talent there. Do, do they – you know, they're young defensively, and they have a tendency to be, I think, uh, you know, puck movers or at least – you know, talented in that way. Shabbat, obviously, uh, not with the team right now. But are, are are do they 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 rely on a lot on like Hamannik and and I I wonder if 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 they need maybe an upgrade on the defensive side or or do you think it's just structure? Oh, they need an upgrade. Um, yeah, there's no no mistaking about that. The thing that you you pointed out very correctly is that they have puck movers, right? Jacob Chikrin, Jake Sanderson. Uh, Thomas Shabbat, uh, Eric Brandstrom, Artem Zub. Uh, but none of those guys, with the exception of Jacob Chikrin, can defend worth a lick of anything right now. Um, and Thomas Shabbat, like you said, is hurt. Jake Sanderson, I think, is going to be the best of the bunch one day. But that's a very young defenseman. That's a defenseman that's still developing. I think Jacques Martin coming in will be very good for Jake Sanderson. So they're taking care of the development of their back end. But the, when you have a young back end, you need insulation. And usually that comes in the form of a goaltender. And th- they have whatever the opposite of insulation is with their goaltending right now. It is leaking oil everywhere. It's awful. And so the young mistakes that the defensemen are making are being magnified, and that hurts their confidence. But 
makes them afraid to do certain things. And so while they are very good at puck moving, defensively, it's not been good. And they don't have confidence in their goaltender. And uh, why would you? So they're looking for much the same kind of a bounce that the Oilers got uh, when Chris Knobloch came in. Um Minus having Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Right. (laughs) I I just wonder, and I've already talked about maybe it should have been earlier, but I wonder, like, I know coaches can make it different initially, and let's use Knobloch as an example. Uh, They're 10-5, and I think, in their last 15. They had a really good run there. On the weekend, some really old habits started to kind of slip back in. And I've always had a theory. I, I do think that coaches can be too long at the fair. I think we saw it here with Craig McTavish in the first decade of this century when when he's a really good coach but he was just here too long and people stopped listening what, what is is three years too much or or not enough or does it depend on the coach how long he should be in a position i think it really depends um it depends in hockey it depends across sports like you you can have uh look at a guy like bill belichick like up until this season you would if you said I think Bill Belichick's been around too long. People would have looked at you and been like, "Are you out of your mind?" And even now, it's like he doesn't have a quarterback that could like I probably throw the football as well as some of the people that the New England Patriots are carting out there right now. So I think when you look at it specifically in hockey, a guy like Rod Brindamore, he's a guy because he's a a player. He should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, he's somebody that really like connects with his players. Those types of coaches lasts a lot longer. A guy like John Cooper lasts a lot longer because you can have those kinds of conversations. When you're a hard-nosed sort of stick-to-the-woodwork, John Tortorella-type guy, and John is great with his players, but he can be hard on them, and that wears that message wears thin a lot quicker. And I think probably arguably outside of the cap, the most important thing a GM can do is recognize – when the relationships between player and coach are going awry. And I'm not even sure that the Sens had had lost that. I know that the Oilers never gave up on Jay Woodcroft. Like, you could kind of see that. Um, But I really depend. It's a coach-to-coach thing. Um, But it seems like in hockey, they get fired a lot more often than, let's say, in soccer or football. Like, Sir Alex Ferguson was the head of Manchester United for – basically my entire childhood, and it was because he retired that he isn't there anymore. Yeah, still revered. Uh, goalies are dropping like flies all over the place. No one picks up Antiranta. Were you surprised? Not remotely. I would have been surprised if he would have been picked up because the reality is, is yes, he brings a veteran presence and all that other stuff. If you, with your eyeballs, watched him this year, he is single-handedly tanking the Carolina Hurricane season. Their metrics very similar to the Oilers. Nice and high, really like solid stuff. They cannot get a save at any point in time. There was a game where they only gave up 15 shots and lost the game. Like you should not lose a game that you only give up 15 shots in and you take I think it was 38 like, that's crazy. He's cost them so many games. And so when you look at it, the contract is bad. I'm not even sure. I don't even. I don't think Don Waddell or Eric Tolsky signed off on that. That tells me that there was somebody at the top pulling the strings, which we know is the case in Carolina. So I think when you look at goaltending, there's some weird stuff happening in the league this year. And 
Auntie Ranta needs to uh, have his Jack Campbell moment and see if he can find his game in uh, in the AHL because, my lord, he has been awful this year. I, I'm so interested in what you said there about goal because it does seem like, and there are eras where where everything looks stable. There's eight goalies who you can count on, and there's, you know, back in the old days, 13 that you couldn't, but at least you knew that. This year it just seems like there's holes that spring and and – you know, it's it's a little bit same old, same old, and yet, uh, like in Toronto, they're they're winning like mad, and they've had different goaltenders. And is that is that really when you look at that? Is that a reflection of structure? When when even when goalies are going down and the save percentage is still good and the goaltenders are playing well, and and in Carolina, which has great structure, if you can't play there, you can't play anywhere. I think that's. <laughs> That last sentence, you hit the nail right on the head. If you can't play for Rod Brindamore and his structure, I'm not sure you can play goalie anymore. Because by my eyes and model, Carolina is the best defensively structured team in the league. Uh, How they defend, how they take care of the puck, the chances that they give up and the quality of them. Like, they – if you could put a league average goaltender in that cage – and they'd be first in the Metro going away. Now, if you got them somebody that was actually good, an Ottinger, a Demko, a Vasilevsky, a Soros, it would be curtains for pretty much everybody else because that's how good the structure is. I think when you look at it in Toronto, there's a lot of stuff happening. Nobody really even knows what's going on. Joseph Wool was really, really good. And Toronto's defensive structure has been good under Sheldon Keefe, especially the last few years. With all the defensive injuries they've had this season, it has not been as good, but it's been passable. And I think if you have league average goaltending and passable defense, you can get by in this league if you can score. But the structure can hide a lot. It just can't hide 850. It can probably hide 880. It can't hide 850. And we're seeing that in Carolina. We're seeing that in Ottawa, because I don't think they're, Jacques Martin's going to be able to solve that no matter what. And we, we saw it in Edmonton for the first month and a half of the season. Now Stuart Skinner is like an 890, and they're winning. He doesn't have to be 915. Right. He just has to be passable. Oilers have uh, trouble with the number two line. Kane is not 100%. Brown has been not, not good. Uh, so they moved Nuge off of the top line. The top line was flying. Um, my question for you is, is, is it a crime for a team not to have somebody they can slide in from the third or fourth line to, to shore up the dry side of the line? Cause I feel like that top line is so good. It's a, it's criminal to have to break it up. Yeah. I wouldn't touch that top line right now. You, your job as head coach, especially in Edmonton is to ensure that Connor McDavid is scoring at the clip Connor McDavid is capable of scoring at. And whatever you need to do and whoever he needs to play with to ensure that happens, that is priority one, A, B, and C. Because if he's not playing well, your team is just not good enough to deal with the ramifications of that. I do think the Oilers have a solution in-house. The problem is is he's injured, and that's Dylan Holloway. Um, I think he is that capable middle six player. Um, and the issue that you have is Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are both being paid far less than they deserve. But 
everyone around them, the contracts that have been dished out around them, prevent the Oilers from really getting those quality players that you just mentioned that can go up and do spot duty. Like, did you need to pay Cody Cece that money? Did you need to pay Warren Fogle that money? Did you need to pay Evander Kane that money? The answer to all of that is very obviously no. You certainly didn't need to pay Jack Campbell that money. And if you take all of that money and you use it efficiently and effectively, you probably have multiple solutions in your middle six and you probably have three good lines instead of one good line. And that's where the issue is. The issue isn't that the Oilers have two players that make a combined $20 million. It's all the crap underneath where they have inefficient contracts, like Darnell Nurse's contract. That's, I mean, let's face it, it's not a good contract. That's, that money could be used in a more efficient manner. And so I think their best bet is leaving that top line alone, asking Dreisaitl to figure it out on the second line. And when Dylan Holloway comes back, that spot goes to him on, on Dreisaitl's wing because he has all of the talent and capability and he hasn't really been given that chance. And I'd like to see him get that chance. You, you bring up so many interesting points and we're going to have to carry this over to next week. But one of the things that I want to talk to you about is when we talk about uh, inefficient contracts, the Oilers under Ken Holland and previously against uh, under Peter Shirelli would spend so many assets to get rid of those inefficient contracts. The next GM, whoever it is, comes in. There has to be some way for this organization to get control of overpays because almost every free agent contract that they've signed since Lucic has been at, l- at least a little bit. Like Zach Hyman wasn't. But but most of them are by half a million to a million, and it's death by a thousand cuts. Nurse was different, but a lot of these are 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 too much by enough that when you add it all up, you're you're really costing yourself three players. Yeah, I look at it, and even when Zach Hyman signed his contract, I was like, oh, I don't love that contract, but he's played really well, and he is worth every penny of that contract, so that's fine. Ryan Nugent Hopkins contract completely fine. They don't. What's crazy is the top end of their lineup, they don't have a single inefficient contract. But then you look at that back end, and it is inefficiency everywhere. It is awful. The only good contract on the back end, arguably, is Evan Bouchard's. And then you've got the issues in goal, and that's an entirely different level of inefficiency. But you're, you're absolutely right. If you pay guys half a million to a million too much, and you do it with three or four guys, that's four million bucks. That's a pretty good hockey player you can get with that money. Yes. And then you've got the Connor Brown stuff with the with the bonus and everything. But for me, like Warren Fogel makes a million dollars too much. Evander Kane makes all the money too much. Uh, Cody Cece makes too much. Darnell Nurse probably makes two and a half million dollars too much. Like all of that is a huge issue. And it's it costs them the ability to have a solid middle six. Yeah. Amen. Okay. I got to go uh, next week. I've got three or four things that I didn't get to that I want want to uh, talk to you about. Rachel, thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Rachel Dory, Staff and Graph Podcast. Very good stuff. Oh, man. That's really I love that. You learn. That's what we're supposed to be on the planet to do. Right, Declan? Always learning. Right. Always learning. Well, I learned a lot there. Okay. On the way, Jason Greger, we'll talk to him in 
It's Mama MMA at 140, Gregor at 120. So your texts, you are very complimentary about Rachel. We'll read a few of those coming up after the break. Low down with Low Tide on Sports 1440. This is a Sports 1440 update. And for your Sports 1440 update. Five games in the NHL tonight. It all gets going with the Ducks in Detroit against the Red Wings and the Wild in Pittsburgh against the Penguins. Puck drop for both of those games at 5 p.m. The Ottawa Senators have fired head coach DJ Smith and replaced him with Jacques Martin on an interim basis. Daniel Alfredson has also been named an assistant coach. News around the NHL as LA Kings goalie Phoenix Copley has been placed on long-term IR with a lower body injury and the Boston Bruins have loaned forward Matt Poitras to Team Canada for the 2024 World Junior Championship. One game in the AJHL tonight sees Black Falls in Calgary, puck drop for that one at 7, and a big night in the NBA with 11 games on the schedule, including the Toronto Raptors in action at home against the Charlotte Hornets. Tip-off for that one, 5.30. CFL news is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have signed all-star guard Pat Newfeld to a one-year contract extension, and week 15 in the NFL wraps up tonight with the Eagles in Seattle to take on the Seahawks. You can join Brandon Douglas at the Sherwood Park Canadian Brewhouse for that one. I'm Declan Kruger. This has been a Sports 1440 Update.